What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 109 of TLDR Podcast. We got all the members on the pod this week. Uh, it's the first week of August already. If this summer's going by fast for you, it's going by fast for us, I think, too. But hopefully you're having a good one. Um, Traden, you're seems like you're going on vacation all the fucking time. But I mean, Dude. Dude, how, this- how are you doing? Are you, are, are, you, are you like waiting to like slow down a little bit or like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We finally have have finished the summer. Um, Kylie is back to work. Um, we just spent last weekend with her parents to kind of round out our, our, uh, our, our summer, but the summer has been absolutely hectic. I mean, between a, a, a wedding, a wedding, a wedding in Canada and a honeymoon, it was, uh, absolutely insane. Um, but Hey, we're, we're, we're still alive. Um, we, we definitely need a vacation from the vacations though. Right. Like we need, we just need to just stop and just sleep for like days. Yeah. As fun as vacations are, they can be pretty tiring. So hopefully you guys get a little bit of a staycation and can kind of recharge before going back to reality a little bit. Uh, Alex, man, how you been? What's up with you? Guys, it is an epidemic. Okay. I was at a, just wait for it, James. I was at a Kane Brown concert on sometime last week. Don't know. They tried to do the wave at a concert, you guys. Uh-oh. Literally, Uh-oh. I'm sitting there and the wave's going on. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. Like these fucking people. To be to give these people, I guess, a little bit of credit, like it was in between the opener and when Kane Brown came on, but I was just like at a concert and it's like it's at the mid-state fair. So it's like all this big open thing. And we're like, we're just in like random folding chairs or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Like, really? <laughs> that's what you're doing just drink your eight dollar Michelob ultra and just wait until the guy comes on like it was brutal oh man yeah the wave is definitely overrated i'm not a big fan of it either but uh james what's first of all what's your take on the wave and second of all you you golf today right how'd you do i don't mind the wave that much man um i don't like sitting for long periods of time and not moving so that allows me actually get up and move my legs a little bit it's kind of cool all right. I mean, like, other than that, it sucks. But the fact that I get to move a little bit, it's great. I did golf today. We played Los Serranos, the south course, which is the long course. And I did I played boogie golf. I went plus 18 on 18 right. holes. That's not so bad. That's best I've done at that course ever. Yeah. Trade and stopped keeping score about halfway through. There, so that tells you how he did. Uh-oh. Really good time, though. I fixed my drive. I can drive about 300 yards now. Hey. Good stuff. Right. Yeah, that's, that's it. I rushed here to make the podcast. Appreciate you guys. You're the man. Uh, hate your polo, but can but congratulations on your good day at golf. Um, but yeah, guys, we got a good one for you today. We're talking uh, AFC West division preview for the NFL with James. Uh, then we're going to talk about some breakfast foods with trading because it's the NFL and NHL offseason, and that's kind of where we're at with him. Uh, and then to round it out, we're talking the MLB trade deadline just passed, and a lot of shit went down as it usually does. So hopefully, you guys will like the, the uh, segments coming up. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to get started with that AFC West preview. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. The NFL season, guys, is right around the corner. I believe uh, preseason games start, was it next weekend, James? Um, Literally tomorrow, Thursday. Oh, shit, tomorrow. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. I didn't Raiders know and Jaguars, Hall of Fame game, baby. Wow. Okay, so there you go, guys. Uh, preseason games are ramping up. Uh, next month, we can say the NFL season kicks off, so that means we got to preview all these divisions before then. 
So we got the AFC West this week. James, what do you got? All right. I hope you guys enjoy the NFC West because now we're going AFC West, like Tyler said. And this division had a lot of movement this offseason, like the most of any division I think I've seen ever. But we're going to start off with the worst team first. Denver Broncos finished last season 7-10. and 10. This last offseason, though, they got Russell Wilson via trade. They also got DJ Jones, outside linebacker Randy Gregory, and Tyler's friend, linebacker Alex Singleton. They're homies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. But they did lose Drew Locke, the chosen one, Teddy Bridgewater, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. They're over under currently sits at 10.5. What do you guys think they're going to get over or under and why? I definitely think it's got to be under. I think that's a little bit high. Um, obviously, you get Russell Wilson. That's very exciting. Uh, but this, I guess the team wasn't that great last year. I don't think one piece, I mean, you, there's a couple of pieces they got too that were nice, but I don't know if it's going to get to 10. Um, I probably got them around like seven or eight wins this year. I think they're going to be much better, but I don't think it's going to be more than 10. Yeah, I got them under as well. Uh, <clears throat> the injury to Tim Patrick does not help um, already losing one of your wide receivers this early in the season. I mean, he's out for the season towards ACL. So, um, yeah, they feel like an eight and nine or nine and eight kind of team. They're also, as we will probably hear later on, in the toughest division in football this year. So that doesn't help. I haven't paid great at 10. So I guess I'll take the under. Um, but I, I look, I'll, I'll say this once and I'll probably say it again on every single uh, team here. This is the, this is, this division got deeper, it got better. And the Broncos are just part of that. Um, in my opinion, um, they're gonna ha- they're gonna have a couple more wins than they did uh, last season. In my opinion, uh, bringing in Russell Wilson is, I think, is a is is a good move, a great move. They've solidified the uh, the the offensive line as well. Yeah, you're missing your wide receiver, which is probably gonna gonna hand, uh, you know set back your ability to to uh, to win more than the ten games, but. We're going to see a Broncos team that is going to be vying for a playoff spot. Not going to make a playoff spot, maybe, but I think they're actually going to be vying for one for the first time in, well, I don't know. What, what Super Bowl are we in now? 56? I don't know, man. Whatever. That, I, mean, I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs since so Super Bowl 50. So that's that's been a while as far as I, as, as far as I can remember. So um, I haven't read about 10. Yeah, I just whenever they have those Super Bowl ads and it has like all those Roman numerals, I just don't pay attention to it. They're just too complicated to figure <laughs> out. So I don't know what number we're on. But yeah, it's been a while. I have them at eight and nine. Just one better than they were last year. Getting Russell Wilson is cool and all, but Russell Wilson with the Seahawks also had two great wide receivers and he has two great wide receivers here. What's the big difference? He's once again in the toughest division of football because last year that was NFC West. Now it's AFC West. So he's going to struggle to get wins against his own division. So seven, nine, no, eight and nine, because that equals 17. Moving on to fantasy, Russell Wilson, ADP is 89. He's going at QB number 11. Joe Burrow has picked nine picks ahead of him. Would you rather have Joe Burrow at nine picks ahead of Russell Wilson, or would you rather have Russell Wilson later on in the draft? I'd rather have Joe. I think Russell Wilson's uh, running days are – behind him and Joey B still got that in his back pocket. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Alex, you kind of hit the head or hit nail right in the head. Also Joe Burrow is going to have a presumably going to have a better offensive line. So it's, you can only assume that he's going to be better than he was last year. And he still made it to the, the damn Super Bowl, um, you know, with the 
terrible offensive line he had. So any any improvement there is going to just make bring out um, improvement in his numbers. So you got to go with uh, you got to go with Joe. Yeah, I also agree. I think Joe is just on the up and up. Um, kind of like 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 what you see from that kid. Um, I also think it's just a risk with a new quarterback and a new system. You, you never really know how they're going to do. So I definitely like Joe Burrow. Moving on to the running back room, we have running back Javante Williams and running back Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams is running back 12 and his ADP is 26. So he's being picked really high. And Melvin Gordon is running back 38 and his ADP is 127. So pretty much undrafted. Does it scare you guys that a 29-year-old Melvin Gordon is in the backfield when picking Javante Williams at 26? That's the third round. He's going to have to competition for carries. Will you still take him at the third round or are you going to wait till later to pick Javante Williams? I think <laughs> I think you got to wait. I mean, I look, I, I don't, we don't know what we're going to get from this offense, right? This offense is kind of new. You don't, I mean, Russell Wilson's coming in. You don't know how everything's going to kind of gel together. Is it going to be a committee? If it's a committee, then you're, you're probably picking too high at a third round <laughs> for a, for a committee type of uh, running back. So uh, to me, it just seems like a little bit of a risk unless you really think that he's just going to take off. Yeah, I kind of agree with trading. Um, if you want to, if it works out in your draft and somehow he dropped, like drops to the fourth round, then I would say swoop him up. But three might be a little early for me. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with everybody. I think they've all made sound decisions. I think I think that's a pretty pretty reasonable uh, decision there to kind of wait that one out. Wide receivers Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy is drafted in the seventh round at 63 and Cortland Sutton is drafted in the eighth round at 71. Would you rather have Judy in the seventh or Sutton in the eighth? Sutton. I feel like Judy is more of a name than an actual fantasy like provider. Like everyone keeps going like Jerry Judy is going to be the dude. He's going to be the dude. But if Cortland Sutton can stay healthy, that guy's a monster. So I think I'd rather you know, take the upside of, of Sutton. Remember that one time you got so pissed off at me for saying a lot of good things about Sutton that he tore his ACL? Yes, I do remember because he was on my team and then he tore his ACL. Yes, I remember. Yep, sorry about that, but it is what it is. I like <laughs> what you said. He's going to be great. Tyler, Jane, what do you guys think? I'll take the chance on Judy. I mean, why not, right? I think I think, I think, think this kid eventually is, is going to go off. I don't know. I just got a good feeling about him this year. Um. I think the value of Sutton is there. Um, look, I think that both these guys are going to have great years with Russell Wilson at the helm. I really do. And, um, and I, I just like the value of Sutton at eight, you know, that's just, that, that could be a seventh or sixth round value, you know, or two round value or whatever. Um, I, I just like the value there. Um, I, I do. I think they're both going to be pretty similar in terms of their production at this point. I could be wrong. I could be Alex. I think, I think you have a good point. I think Sutton is a beast when he's healthy, when he's healthy. Uh, I just think they're both going to have bounce back um, seasons, but if you had to choose a value, go with Sutton. Like that. Moving on to the next team. We have the LA chargers who barely missed out on the playoffs. Just crazy last season. Finished nine and eight. Uh, the off season, they gained outside linebacker Khalil Mack, future Hall of Famer and cornerback JC Jackson. They lost pretty much nobody of significance. So that's huge. Their over-under is also set at 10.5. Alex, what do you think? I'm going over. Uh, I Spoiler, I think they win the division. Um, I'm going 12-5 and five with the Chargers. Um, obviously, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are beasts. 
Um, Khalil Mack, just adding him to that already pretty incredible defense uh, will be just beneficial. Um, is Derwin James healthy? Like, will he be healthy for this year? He should be. I mean, he sat up pretty much all last season. Then, boom, you're pretty much getting also another star defensive player back for, you know, pretty much, pretty much like a signing, even though he didn't play all last year. So I think this Chargers team is going to be a lot better. I like that. Tyler. Yeah, I'm going to go over too. I like I like 12 wins for the Chargers as well. Uh, I think they're kind of the sexy pick right now uh, for this division. I think a lot of people are kind of over the Chiefs, want the Chargers to win. It can be a little bit premature, so I think I kind of worry about that a little bit because I think I think the Chargers really have to prove that they can that they can uh, overthrow the Chiefs. But I think I like it. I, I I think they've done a lot of good work in the offseason. I think this team is really coming together. You have gotta like what they're doing over there. Uh, so I'm, yeah, so I got over for the Chargers. Entry. You know what? Just because I'm so on this team and I've been talking about this this whole summer, we're going to say 13. I'm going to say 13 wins. I know that's insane, but I'll t- but here, but there's a couple of reasons why. One, I think that the, the Los Angeles Chargers did not lose very many players. If any, uh, like you said, James, of importance, they enhanced their, they enhanced in every single um, aspect that they could. They did exactly what you need to do in an off season. You have Justin Herbert, who's an absolute stud, and you have probably the most vulnerable Chiefs team we have seen since Mahomes has been a quarterback. I'm not saying that they're the worst, that the Chiefs are going to be bad. I'm not going to say that, but they are not going to be, in my opinion, they lost a few too many players that I just think that they're not as strong as they used to be. The Los Angeles Chargers are, have a plus 220. They're, they're expected to go second in the division. A plus 220 to win the division is a steal, in my opinion. Everybody should be jumping on that. And definitely, uh, I'm going to say 13 wins just because I am so on this team. I want them to go to the Super Bowl so badly. Let's go Chargers. I like that. I say they win 11 games just to be different from you guys, but they're going to be competitive all the way through. They think a couple of the games don't come down to a, like a last second touchdown or last second field goal, which they will unfortunately lose because that's the Chargers way. Moving on to fantasy quarterback, Justin Herbert, QB number three, ADP 39. Is there a chance he finishes as a top two QB trade? What do you think? Um, I, I just think when you have to deal with, you know, me and Alex's best friend and uh, Mahomes, it's tough. Um, I, although you do have a better, you do have a better team. So, you know, I, I could see, I could see, you know, just what I said just earlier, the chiefs may not be as, as strong as we, as we remember. So we could see Justin Herbert go second. I don't know. But Tyler, what do you think? Absolutely. He's a chance. Um, <laughs> I think, like I said, I, I like this kid a lot. So yeah, absolutely. And Alex. I mean, I had him as my second ranked quarterback coming into this, so I'm going to go with yeah. All right. I like that. Running back Austin Eckler, running back number three, ADP number five. There's reports coming out of camp that he has yet to take one first-team rep. All the first-team reps at the camp so far have been taken by rookie Isaiah Spiller. Does that concern you guys whatsoever? Um, I guess you could say – concerns a little bit but i'm a huge austin eckler guy i mean i'm a huge chargers guy so what am i saying um but the austin eckler you know he's he took a lot a lot of uh snaps i mean he's he's a big piece of that offense and you know i i don't know if this is what they do in football but maybe they're just kind of giving him a little bit more rest to make sure that he's he's not gonna fall or he's not gonna you know he's not gonna falter he's not gonna get hurt um, you know, come down the season because they absolutely need him. I think he got hurt 
in the middle of the season last season and the season before, if I'm not mistaken, it might've been for a couple of weeks. That's like every running back ever. Right. And th- they just can't afford to have him out more than, you know, one or two weeks. So maybe this is just a load management as much as I hate that phrase. What, what do you guys think, Alex? I mean, luckily Austin Eckler is pretty uh, in tune with the fantasy community. So I feel like he'd let us know if shit wasn't going well. Cause he's always like, no, nah, I'm playing this week. I don't know what you're, what you're hearing. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, obviously he has been quite the, um, you know, he's had quite the workload um, and he is, you know, getting up there for running back age. So it could be a slight worry. Um, so yeah, if you want to drop him to like running back five or something, I could see that. And then Tyler. Yeah. Maybe a slight worry, but it's hard to really know uh, without him playing any games, but Running backs, you know, can be very fragile, you know, and that's, I think it's, it's hard. It could just be kind of the, the straw that breaks the camel's back sometimes with those guys, unfortunately. So I think anytime that there's kind of those, those concerns that I think they can be a little more serious with that particular position. Wide receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is going wide receiver 10, ADP 27. Mike Williams is wide receiver 18, ADP 53. Would you guys rather have Allen in the third round or Williams in the sixth? Tyler, what do you think? I want to, uh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll go Williams in the sixth. I think that I think he's more viable as a depth piece there. I think other wide receivers in the third. And I think, I think that might be better than Allen. Alex. That one's tough. I think it depends on where your draft is going. Um, like if you've gone, if you've gone wide receiver in your first pick and then you're going running back in your second, I mean, you kind of have to go with the running back again in the third round or you're going to be screwed. Um, but if you went running back, running back, I don't know. Do you really want Keenan Allen as like your wide receiver one? I mean, he's, you know, depending on your league size and stuff. So I think it just depends on where the, your draft is going, but I would say more like Mike Williams in the six is good value. Maybe Keenan Allen in the fourth. And then trade. I'm going to say Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is going, Keenan Allen just continues to be, he, he, he has he has a he has a I guess a um, a, a low um, floor. He has a low floor. Every single every single game you're going to probably get close to, if not easily, over double digit points, if not way more. He this guy continues to just play almost every single game. I mean, if you look historically, he's only missed. He only had some issues in 2015, 2016. He plays every single fucking game, um, and he missed. Uh, he did miss in 2020 a couple games, but since then. He, he played in almost every single one, um, probably safe for the last like game if he's if, if they are in a playoff spot or whatever. But um, this guy is always on the field. He has a huge connection with Justin Herbert. Um, this guy's my guy. And I say and I, I'm going to pick him right there because I know that he's he's a big piece and a big part of, you know, I think he's almost a security blanket for Herbert in some in some uh, some aspects if if the game's not going his way. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders last season, they were 10 and seven. Josh McDaniels is the new head coach. He's the former offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So that's a big, big thing there. They gained wide receiver Devontae Adams and linebacker Chandler Jones, but they did a lot lose Yannick Ngakwe and guard Richie Incognito to retirement. Over under for the first time in this division is set at 8.5. Tyler, what do you think? Oh, I'm actually going to go over on that one for the Raiders. I think they're going to sit at, at like nine or 10 wins. Um, I think Devontae Adams is going to kind of rejuvenate that the franchise. They had a lot of shit going on last year on and off the field. I think they're kind of looking to move forward. I think Devontae Adams is, is going to be the, the head of that. 
Um, I think I think Derek Carr now has no excuses having a, a star wide receiver like that. I think he's going to do very well. Uh, it, 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 it's a tough division, but I think that they're better than uh, eight and a half wins. Trade. Yeah, I agree. I think they're better than eight and a half wins. I'll have them right about nine. Uh, the, the problem is your other two bigger rivals, but being the Broncos and the, uh, and the chargers got better, which makes it tough, especially considering I just said that the chiefs took a, in my opinion, took a little bit of a step back. So um, it, it seems like the talent pool kind of like, you know, kind of even itself out throughout the, throughout the division. You do have Adams, which I think is going to be, I think is going to be huge. And actually, actually, we're actually going to see how good Derek Carr is. I honestly believe that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Derek Carr apologist. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to be able to compete with the, with a better Broncos team and a much better Chargers team um, and a consistently good Chiefs team. So um, it's a tough division. And I don't know how you're going to get more than nine if you're the Raiders. Alex. Uh, I do think they're over um, trading. You and I are on the same level, Derek Carr. Um, I don't, I don't, I think he deserves a little bit more credit. Um, you know, Devonte Adams is easily the best wide receiver he's ever had the chance to throw the ball to in the Raiders uniform. So you expect them to be better. Um, yeah. Nine or nine or 10 wins. I have them at seven wins. Their defense was ass last year. Did not get that much better this year. You guys just keep talking offense and Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, but they're still the entire other side of the ball. They can put up 48 points, but if the other team puts up 50, you still lose. So sure. that's the big deal there. Moving on to fantasy quarterback, Derek Carr, which you guys love oh so much. QB 13, ADP 110. Never ever in his career has he finished as a top 10 fantasy QB. Is this the year? Tyler, what do you think? No, I don't think so. I think he's forever like a top 15 guy. I don't, I mean, he has to have a career year. I just, I just feel like there's always going to be those 10 guys that are a little bit better than him. Like I said, not to take away from anything from him. I think he's a great solid quarterback, but I don't think he's ever going to be a top 10. Alex. I really hate to agree with Tyler, but yeah, he's probably somewhere in the top 15, but a very good insurance piece in case one of the other very mobile quarterbacks gets hurt, which you can pretty much guarantee at least one of them is going to get hurt. So um, good, a good backup uh, QB two to put in your lineup. Trade. I, I hate, I hate to be that guy, but I agree. I mean, he, I, I'm the apologist for him, but I just don't know how he can be top 10, even with Devonte Adams. I just think there are too many, too much competition, too much competition. Uh, running backs. Josh Jacobs is running back 19 ADP 48. Josh Jacobs is going about six picks behind Ezekiel Elliott. So Ezekiel has dropped a bunch there. Would you rather have Ezekiel Elliott or Josh Jacobs? Alex. Can I say neither? No. <laughs> I might not pick either of them. But given uh, the choice. <laughs> given the choice, I'd... Fuck, I don't know. Probably pick Josh Jacobs. Really? Okay. I don't. I honestly don't know. It'd probably just be like a what am I feeling day of. Like, I have no idea on that one. Trading. <laughs> I, I must be in a camp that thinks Ezekiel is so fucking overrated. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm picking Josh Jacobs just because I just – I. It, it seems like there's always something with Zeke. He, you know, he, he, he he's kind of Alex. You kind of made a point on I forget who it was that oh J, Jerry Judy was more of a name than he is anything. That's Ezekiel to me, and I just find that Josh Jacobs is just I don't know. I, I guess that's it's simply because I dislike Ezekiel Elliott that I would pick Josh Jacobs. Tyler, do you agree or disagree? 
Uh, I agree. I, I feel like Ezekiel, it should be an easy decision. It, it should be Ezekiel, but like I said, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to be able to live up to the expectations and the talent that I think he actually does have. Um, like I said, I think with, you know, it's both of them kind of is not a great pick, uh, but I guess I'd sneak, I'd lean towards Jacob slightly just because I just, I just don't trust Ezekiel. I just don't. Is, there, is there another running back in the Raiders room, Raiders running back room that's like remotely interesting? Because Tony Pollard is still in Dallas, right? Yeah, he is. Damn, there's, that's there's a lot more interesting than Kenyon Drake, I think, is still in Raiders. Okay. That's right. Yeah. There was somebody I couldn't remember. Okay. And he's going to have some decent workload, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams, ADP 10, wide receiver number four. He's a he's going as a wide receiver four right now, but how many weeks do you think he'll be a top three wide receiver? Trade. How many weeks do I think he'd be a top three receiver? Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say just three. He's he's not he he doesn't have he doesn't have um, Aaron Rodgers, right? We don't we don't have Aaron Rodgers, and we just don't have the same type of uh, same type of offensive we don't have the the defense to 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 give you some support i'm gonna say three alex eight or nine um this is my I mean, you just you kind of have to assume some sort of regression from those other top i'm assuming the other top three are cup chase and jefferson in some order yeah. or digs maybe you would have to assume some sort of regression from probably like all three of those guys um and, you know, it's obviously been a really long time since Derek Carr has thrown a ball to Devontae Adams in a, you know, meaningful game. So there might be a little bit of, uh, not like a learning curve, but it might take just a little bit to get going. But, I mean, he's still obviously an incredible wide receiver. And then Tyler. Yeah, Trayden, I thought you had that a little bit too low there. Uh, but, I mean, I understand your reasoning, but I think it's going to be higher than that. I, I kind of agreed more towards Alex. I think that, you know, seven to nine range, I think, is probably pretty likely. Uh, tight end Darren Waller, tight end number four, ADP 48. Last year was a down year for him. Uh, injuries and the fact that he wasn't targeted very much at all. Uh, but he still ended up with 665 yards and just two touchdowns. What are your guys' projections for him this year? Alex? Um, I mean, you would assume also with Devontae Adams, you know, that will be a, a larger share of the targets going that direction. So I don't know, he's probably still a top five t- tight end just because you know the tight end is still kind of a weak weaker class but uh 700 yards five or six touchdowns tyler yeah top five tight end uh i agree with the yardage i'm gonna go eight touchdowns hmm. and then trading yeah he, he'll be a top but i i'm gonna say so i like the 700 uh 700 yards and i'm gonna say like four touchdowns look you still have Renfro that we're not even talking about so that's true he's, he's kind of a he's kind of a piece for that team he's man. good hey he's a PPR god Hunter Renfro is that's crazy uh last but not least we're talking Kansas City Chiefs last season 12 and 5 but big news here guys Matt Nagy is a new QB coach for the Kansas City Chiefs which means Patrick Mahomes is gonna have the worst career or his worst year of his career ever this is gonna be great this offseason, they gained Juju Smith-Schuster and wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling from Green Bay. They lost a lot of defensive pieces in Tyron Matthew and Charvarius Ward, and they also lost Tyreek Hill, obviously. Over-under is once again, just like everybody else in this division, except for the Raiders, set at 10.5. Tyler, over-under. I'm going to go over. I think that they're going to sit at 11. 
I think it's very easy to knock down this Chiefs team with the loss of Tyreek Hill um, and kind of just their general, I think, magic has kind of declined maybe a little bit in the last year or two. Um, but make no mistake, this is still a very, very good football team. I think it's going to be a battle with them and the Chargers all season long. I'm going to love watching this division race. So I think they're going to be like a game back of the Chargers when it's all said and done. But I got them over. Trading. I'm under. Let's see 10 wins from this team. And that's being generous, but I didn't want to completely shit on the Chiefs. Um, but I, I do think that they, they took a step back. They lost Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens, Javarius Ward. On top of that, they did not improve the fact that they can't get to other quarterbacks. They were, they were fourth fewest in sacks in the NFL last season, and they didn't improve that. And I think that that's a big part of their, that's a big part of their problem. And there will be a big part of the problem if they're not going to get the offensive support. They can't get the scoring support. I don't know how the defense is going to be able to handle, um, you know, these shootouts. I think that this team, this is the, like I said, this is the worst Chiefs team that we'll have seen with Mahomes as quarterback. Are they going to be shit? No, but they are not going to be the Chiefs that we remember. Damn, my boy. My boy did his research, bringing out the defensive stats. I love that. (laughs) Alex, what do you think? Okay, Matt Nagy, quarterback coach. The Chiefs are going 17-0. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> 8,000 yards and 69 touchdowns. Um, <laughs> I think they're I think their over-under is probably right right there. I've got them at 11 wins. Um, you know, I still – you still have to give Mahomes a lot of credit. He's still probably the best just pure quarterback in the league. Um, you know, you're right, though. They have lost a lot of pieces, but – He's still got some magic left in him. He's still got Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but I, you know, Juju, I'm expecting a little bit better of a season because he's got Mahomes and not Big Ben throwing him the ball anymore or Mason Rudolph. So like <laughs> I, 10, 10 or 11 wins feels kind of right where they should be. I agree with trading. Like this might be the worst Chiefs team we've seen in years. I have him at seven wins. Oh my wow. God. That is big time. Wow. That's almost insulting. It but is. I love it, is. it. It needs to be insulting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the point of it. I'm insulted. I'm not even a Chiefs fan. Who cares, Tyler? Nobody cares what you think, man. <laughs> Moving oh, on. Bullshit. It's true. That's why I ask for your opinion all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on to fantasy. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes. QB number two, ADP 32. Last year, he threw 37 touchdown passes. Over on. Under 50 this year. Tyler, because I value your opinion, you can go first. Over, under, well, you said 15 or 50? 5 0. Under. Uh, yeah. No, sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. No, yeah, it's going to be under, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Alex. I mean, I just said he's going to throw 69. So, oh, no, over. it's under. <laughs> he's not going to be. Running back, clock. Yeah, he's only got 51 year, though. Oh. Yeah. I mean, like, tonight at 40. We keep talking about how bad their defense is. So the only way they can be competitive is if Patrick Mahomes puts this team on his back and throws to Travis Kelsey and Juju and Clyde Edwards-Dallaire like a billion times. Well, how, how are you going to throw to Juju when he's busy like dancing on the other team's <laughs> logos and shit? Juju actually – Alex brought up a good point last time about Juju and the fact that he no longer has Big Ben and Mason Rudolph throwing the ball. Like before, when Big Ben was okay, Juju was a monster. True. You got, you got to give it up to the Long Beach State kind of guy, man. Like they, they're they're tough. So I'm I'm expecting Juju to have a big year. Running back Clyde Edwards-Helaire, running back 29, ADP is 93. 
Right now, Kareem Hunt, CEH, and Damon Harris are all within two picks of each other. Who would you rather have, Alex? Oh, my God. I'd probably still take CEH just because he's the guy. And, um, you know, those other ones are in some sort of committee. But that's brutal because, you know, he was like a top 10 pick two years ago and then dropped four or five rounds last year and really like had a couple of really good games and other times was really disappointing. So uh, if you want to draft him as like a, a flex or you're really hoping for some big upside because maybe he'll get more usage without Tyreek there, but that's tough. Tyler. I'm going to ride with Clyde. <laughs> okay. And then trading. Yeah. Riding with Clyde mostly wow. because of the, um, the committee issue. Uh, that that is an issue I also think that given the fact that you've given up a lot of your uh, other offensive weapons he, he may we may see a, uh, a little bit of a bump up from him the problem is is he is in a system that has a quarterback that is very mobile that is very good at what he does the running game just takes a takes a hit that's just kind of what you know I think that's kind of what why he hasn't rose to the occasion because he just hasn't had the opportunity to I think two years ago when he was drafted as a top 10 running back, he had the most amount of carries within the goal line, the five yard line, and he did not convert because he was too small to back. So I think that's also the reason why he doesn't get as many points because he can't get a touchdown within the five. Moving on to wide receiver, we got Juju, who we're going to talk about the most here. Wide receiver 31, ADP is 83. Alex, give me your projection on him. We can't give you like the last couple of years because um, he's been Ben. So what do you think this year is going to be for him? I think he's probably like a maybe a 600, 700 yards, six or seven touchdowns. Like, I think he's got to be a lot better. I think you're going to see him, you know, be more of what he was at the beginning of his Steelers tenure. But I mean, he's had some injuries. He's kind of a silly human being. Like, you're kind of hoping that with Patrick Mahomes, like, he'll take a step up. But, um, I mean, so what is that? That's like a wide receiver two where he's being drafted. Yeah. You're drafting the fourth round. So yeah, about yeah. I mean, that feels that feels pretty fair, like market price, I guess. I mean, never mind. He was drafted in the ninth round. My bad. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah, that's I mean, if he's like a wide receiver two or like a flex, that's not that's not terrible. Tyler, what do you think? I think his yards will be a little bit higher, maybe like 800, 900 yards, kind of maybe maybe flirt with thousand. Uh, but I do agree with your touchdown count around like, you know, six, seven around there. And then last but not least trade. Yep. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say he breaks the thousand yard, uh, marker. I mean, he's done that once and he's come dangerously close, uh, back in 2020, he was at eight, three That's pretty damn good. Um, and that was, that was big, big Ben being big Ben, even in 2020. Um, and I think he's right around seven. That's kind of his average when he's actually playing well. Um, so, and he's actually with a competent quarter, uh, well, he will be with a competent quarterback. So um, I, th- I think we'll see a nice, uh, a nice rebound for him. Maybe, maybe kind of flirting with his, uh, his rookie season, 2017 numbers. Like that. And then last but not least, tight end Travis Kelsey, tight end number one, ADP is 22. What percent chance do you think he ends up as tight end number one at the end of the season? Tyler, what do you think? I'm going to go with 30% chance. You got to give him credit for what he's done in his career. I don't think you can doubt that. Um, but I think that there's some other guys, tight ends that are going to overtake him this year. But he's Travis Kelsey. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. So I'm going to go 30% chance. Trading. 
Uh, I think it's a coin flip. I think I think it's a coin flip. Yeah, fifty percent. So I mean, I, I you know, flip a coin. I you know, I I think Ty, uh, Tyler makes some good points. I mean, he's he's getting up there in age, but you lost you lost the the cheetah, so you're going to be targeted more. But are you going to be able to hang hang with the uh, with the with the new with the young kids? Um, I'm going to say fifty percent. And then last but not least, Alex. I was going to go more like sixty to seventy. Um, I mean, there's no. There's nothing that shows that he's like on a decline at all. I mean, eventually, obviously, it will happen. But you know, Kelsey and Mahomes have one the one of the best quarterback tight end connections we've ever seen. There's no reason why that should change. Um, and with all the other tight ends, like he's the best quarterback with their tight end. So I think it's a pretty good shot that he's going to be the number one overall. I mean, he's done things from the tight end position we've never seen before. So there's no reason to, at least I don't think there's any reason to assume he won't be tight end number one. I like that. I agree with you. I'm 60 to 7% right there too. And that wraps up my AFC West preview. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you, James. Uh, We got the West coast down. We're going to be moving. I'm assuming we're moving West to East uh, with these previews, but I do South next and see what happens. Sweet. We're going to take take a trip down South next week. So hope you guys are enjoying the previews. Uh, NFL season, like we said, right around the corner. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. We're talking breakfast foods with your boy Trading. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, breakfast, I love breakfast, guys. I think it's one of my favorite meals. I think some of the best best food you can have is good breakfast food. Um, so I'm really excited for this segment. Um, trade in, we're talking, what was it? Our top three breakfast dishes. Yep. Top three, top three, uh, breakfast dishes this week. Um, it must be a slow week cause I'm talking breakfast instead of ho- anything hockey. Um, so yeah, let's just, let's just get right into it. Um, I love breakfast. So this is why I kind of picked this. Um, I was eating breakfast when I thought of this yesterday. So <laughs> I'm like, this is what we should, be, we should, what we should talk about. Tyler, you love breakfast. What is your third favorite breakfast dish? All right. Number, coming in at number three is the omelet. Um, everyone loves a good omelet. And what's great about omelets is there's so much variety to it. So you can kind of pick and choose whatever you like, um, whatever kind of meats you like, what kind of whatever kind of veggies you like in it. Um, there's so much variety with it. But at the end of the day, it's just everything mixed together and folded in a nice, beautiful egg sandwich uh, or however you want to describe that. Um, I haven't really perfected my own omelet. That's one of my things that I want to do on my own is like get a good omelet pan and really learn how to make a good omelet. I tried it over quarantine and I, and I kind of like, I kind of failed, kind of succeeded. It was a little bit iffy. Uh, so I definitely want to get on that omelet game for me, but omelets are coming in at, at number three. Omelets are good. Omelets are kind of a classic. Um, what's great is like you said, you can customize them, which is really nice. Uh, James, you kind of laughed and I just, what's your, first of all, what are you laughing about? And second of all, what's your third? I mean, Tyler just called an omelet an egg sandwich, guys. That's kind of funny. He's not <laughs> wrong. Totally, yeah, he's not wrong, but I've never thought about that before in my life. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to use that now for what, what is a sandwich debate? An omelet is an, an omelet. Egg. Yeah. Just so you all know. <laughs> my number three is steak and eggs. I love protein. Big protein guy. I love steak. If you guys know me at all, I talk about steak often. Like I think two weeks ago, I was pumped about the steak I was going to make. Turned out great. Add some eggs on it and you got breakfast or dinner. Steak and eggs, full protein. Have it any way you want it. It's good for you. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Alex, what do you got, buddy? You know, while we were taking that break, I was trying to remember if I had breakfast this morning and I still don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number three, uh, we we all live in California. Um, So this might not be a breakfast thing that is everywhere, but Chile Quiles. Okay. Uh, I had brunch with my lovely wife on Sunday and she ordered it. So that's what made me think about it. But so for those of you who don't know, pretty much it's um, tortilla chips and then just a bunch of other breakfast food on top of it. And like some have black beans, some have salsa or hot sauce and like guac. Um, so I'm gonna go with some chilaquiles number three. Dude, chilaquiles. Also, it's a fun word to say. It is so fucking good. I didn't even think about that. Um, that, that I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, mine, I... I it's tough because I, I love every single breakfast food, but I did want to provide my favorite sweet one. And I don't really like, I, I don't really eat much sweet breakfast, but I do like this sweet breakfast and it's just anything with French toast. I love French toast. Um, pancakes are a little bit and for me and waffles can be a little bit and, but French toast I think is fantastic, especially because you can take the French toast and it's not that sweet and you can mix it with something a little more savory. So that's, that's, I like anything with French toast, even though I haven't had French toast in a while, it just, I needed to give my sweet one. Um, let's go back around snake draft style. Alex, what is your second? Okay. Number two, also kind of out there a little bit back to going out to brunch. There's a place in downtown Paso where I live. It's weirdly just called brunch, but they make a <laughs> breakfast pizza, which is pretty Ooh. much just pizza but with breakfast items and then a fried egg on top and that shit slaps. So it's not really like a normal <laughs> breakfast food, but it's, it's so fucking good. Wow. <laughs> I'm putting that in there. A breakfast pizza. James is like really digging that. I feel yeah. like. Yo, James is like, come visit my guy. We got to go to brunch. Oh yeah, we're going. We can go, we can go on a cute brunch date, James. You let me know. We got to go to brunch. For brunch. brunch bros. Yeah. Um, James, what is your second dish? I went a little bit classier because I went, you know, straight up man for steak and eggs for number three. <laughs> a little bit classy. Eggs Benedict has to be done right. It's really hard to do correctly. Like get a good hollandaise sauce is hard to make. Poaching the egg perfectly is hard to make. But when you get a good one, a good perfect one, when the English muffin is perfectly toasted and the perfect piece of ham is on top, crack open that egg and it just kind of oozes out the yolk. Phenomenal. You get the perfect bite and everything is just amazing love it love it yeah that is a very good dish um i was gonna i was gonna say that as one of my top three but i knew someone else would have it i just had a feeling because it's because it's kind of a classic yeah tyler what do you got buddy number two we talked about we had a whole segment on this item a while back the breakfast burrito oh yeah um everyone loves a good breakfast burrito it's so great on the go too so especially if you just need a quick (laughs) breakfast item on on the way to go do something um it's such a great item and it just it always fills you up you always have a you always it can last you for several hours afterwards um and like you know it's it's got eggs potatoes whatever meat you want in there a little bit of veggies if you want salsa on there too um it's always a good option man so breakfast burrito for me number two yep that was that was going to be my second but now this gives me a chance to give a slight variation of a burrito in something that i have i personally have um Taken from from a uh, from is. from a large um, uh, uh, I guess establishment that Tyler absolutely loves, um, <laughs> the breakfast um, Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> I know that sounds absolutely insane. I know that sounds absolutely insane. I don't I don't put in the nacho cheese because fuck that. But you put in the meat, you put in the hash browns, you put the the um, torta on there, and then you have 
all the kinds of salsa and the eggs on top. And then you, you fry it up and it is absolutely amazing. Um, I, it's kind of, it's not that I made it up, but, um, you know, I kind of made my own version and I, it's one of my favorite things to make. Um, it, it's kind of like a burrito. So I'm going to kind of put it in that family. Tyler, thank you for saying burrito so that I had something else to say. Um, okay. That is mine. So let's go right to the top. Um, James, you haven't been first, so it's your turn. What is your favorite breakfast dish? So I'm 0% creative here. Zero. Uh, just so you know, I wanted to say this first, but I, it didn't happen because Tyler took it and also trade and counter. But breakfast burrito is number one. How is that not number one for you guys? It's portable. You can have that wherever you want. You don't have to be sitting down. Like Tyler said, has everything you need and a nice little warm tortilla, all compact, and you get to just hold it. And you can hold the burrito like this, like a little baby, and then be happy for the rest of your life. <laughs> Breakfast burrito number one. For the rest of your life. More than three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. For James, like 40 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he does savor his breakfast burritos. I shouldn't say that. Um, yeah, yeah I knew you were going to say breakfast burrito. And when you said hold it like a little baby, it, uh, yeah, because you do that. You know, do, you yeah. actually do do that. <laughs> You're not just joking. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's one of our favorites for sure, James. I think, I think uh, our friendship has kind of grown over breakfast burritos. Absolutely, over the man. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Uh, let's go with uh, Tyler. All right, my number one should have come to no surprise. Pancakes, any variation of you want to go with that for me is number one. Um, there's also a little kind of sub, like kind of one A, Able Skeevers. Uh, Alex, I know you know what those are. Some of you guys might not know what those are. It's a Danish dish. It's basically a pancake, but in a in a ball. And it's <laughs> a very specific, you need a very specific recipe and pan to make it, but it's a, it's a, a traditional Danish dish that my mom excels at. Alex tries to do, but not as good as my mom, but that's okay. He's, he's still learning. Um, but pancakes in general, I love making pancakes. I'm pretty sure everyone here has had my pancakes at, at one point. Um, also, I, had, I went to Corner Bakery this week. Sneaky good pancakes. I did not, I've never had the pancakes from Corner Bakery before, but they're phenomenal. They might honestly type uh, top IHOP in terms of like a chain breakfast pancake. Okay. So is this dish you're talking about kind of like a hush puppy? uh not really no it's literally just imagine like the fluffiest warmest pancake but in a ball and you can put like powdered sugar and jam on it you can just put syrup on it whatever so it's like a donut hole no powdered sugar no just think a pan it's legit a pancake ball but it's just it's just a lot of fucking pancake yeah no (laughs) that's phenomenal that is hefty it's It's very light it's It's like the size of in between a baseball and a golf ball like it's not they're not huge okay yeah Right. So it would be probably better if it was a baseball. We're size. definitely gonna have or a to, bowling ball size. Whoa. Yeah, we're gonna have How to cool take a trip up to Solvang or something. All all the bros need to go. Oh, you get them at Solvang. Solvang. Yeah. Mm. Or Street Fair. Solvang has a bunch of them. Number second. So, yeah, the Street Fair also has them in, in Chapman. So definitely try out some able skaters if you haven't. It'll change your life forever. Good. Love to hear that. Alex, last but not least, buddy. Uh, yeah. So to go back to me making the able skivers, uh, yeah, I'm not good at it, which is why <laughs> Ashley does it. Uh, cause she's great at it. So, uh, it must be a woman's touch kind of thing. I don't, yeah. Or just, I'm an idiot, which is well also true. Um, <laughs> does do mimosas count as breakfast food? Yes. yes. I kind of thought about that. <laughs> um, really, uh, or beer mimosas, um, depending on where you're trying to go. Um, but actually my real answer to get really a little sentimental is Tyler and I making B and P, which is bacon and pancakes. Um, because he and I have been doing that for like 
a decade plus now. Um, Tyler makes the pancakes. I'll make the bacon. And then we just rub bacon grease all over each other and go do the nap <laughs> in the room. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that part. Um, but yeah, a good like bacon, bacon and pancakes with a mimosa or just like beer in the morning. Boom. Do you guys have eggs with that? No. Uh, if someone else makes it. It's B&P. That's the thing. P and E. If if I if this was so, like the top, <laughs> we started it. We started it like the Dodgers were playing a game super early in the morning one time. So we're like, okay, we're gonna wake up, we're gonna make bacon and pancakes, and we're gonna drink Coors Lights at like eight in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. And then it just and then it was like BP, and then that kind of and that you know like batting practice and baseball things. So we just kind of kept it that way. And now it's been ten years because we're fucking old. That's that's extremely cute, guys. Uh, I I really appreciate that. We yeah. brought a little tear to my eye. Yeah. But the <laughs> fact that you don't have eggs with it all the time—that's weird. But I'm not gonna judge. I think it's I think it's cute. You guys have a little thing going, and I'm not gonna <laughs> fuck that up. Uh, <laughs> mine, mine uh, is a scramble, or a, or a loaded hash of anything. So I love I love hash browns, and I love just different types of scrambles whether different kinds of protein whether it's chorizo chicken uh you know sausage whatever it may be bacon you can do that with that any type of salsa you want you can really kind of mix and match on how you want to do it tons of cheese i make a nice uh loaded hash brown on there so james it's that's why i didn't pick breakfast burrito as much as i love the portability i don't i don't always want the tortilla i'd I'd rather just have the filling and that's what a scramble is to me it's just a inverted breakfast burrito and you throw out the uh the to- uh the tortilla um, just put so. it all in your hand like this and just walk off with a yeah it, it doesn't quite sit there like a baby <laughs> no, 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 no. it just kind of gets everywhere um but if i'm on the move then yeah put it in a tortilla but i love scrambles i love loaded hash browns anything with hash browns i just fucking love so um that is that that's my favorite and that's everyone's favorite um what's your favorite Fans, I mean, let us know on on all of our uh, Instagram. Or I'm sorry, all of our social media outlets. Um, we'd love to know. Maybe you think some of us are disgusting, like just not having eggs with bacon and pancakes. Yeah, that's <laughs> then you weren't going to ruin it, man. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> if, if were, no, there's uh, eggs I, in the pancake I batter. Uh, oh, yeah. Good. There is true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's eggs. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, you know that was fun. Uh, Give me another topic because it's really slow in the hockey world right now. And I'm, and I'm reaching at this point. All right, Shane, we like it. I think it's fun to do these little top threes and, you know, talk about something a little bit different. Uh, because I love breakfast. I'm getting really hungry now. So uh, me too. I fucking love breakfast, guys. It's so, so fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex, we, need to, we definitely need to do some BNP soon. Uh, it's going to be great. So, yeah, hopefully you guys like to let us know what your guys' top three. Let us know if you missed anything. Um, and I would love to try something that I haven't seen before. So uh, let's, let's, let's make that happen. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish out the podcast. Uh, the MLB trade deadline passed, and Alex is going to take us through all of the chaos. Welcome back, everybody. We got the final segment for you. Uh, MLB trade deadline. It's always crazy. I missed the memo that it was August 2nd this year. I think last week I said it's July for the 31st because it's always July 31st. I was very confused when I saw no Juan Soto deal done on, on the end of the 31st. And I was like, that's weird that there's no kind of updates. And the next day passed. 
And I was like, oh, I guess this is what's happening now. So my bad for that misinformation last week, guys. Uh, just missed the memo. It got pushed back a couple of days. Maybe I guess it's because of the lockout or something. Totally missed that. Normally it's, normally it's July 31st. But Alex, let's break it down. Let's talk about the big moves that were made or weren't made. Yeah. Um, so I think it moved to the second because they were tired of it. The 31st was a Sunday this year and they didn't want trades going down when all the teams are playing business like days only NBA games. Yeah. And it, it honestly might have something to do also with the MLB offices being open. Cause you have to like submit your trade and it all has to be approved like through the MLB offices. So it might have something to do with it. It could be a, uh, could be a lockout thing, but um, yeah, some teams got better. Some teams did things that don't make a whole lot of sense. Um, some, you know, obviously Juan Soto did finally get traded. He went to the San Diego Padres um, for their entire farm system back to the Nationals. Josh Bell went them. They also gained Josh Hader and Brandon Jury. Um, the Yankees got better. The Mariners got better. The Phillies got better. A bunch of teams got better. So we're just going to go around the horn. I'm going to let the boys talk about what they want to talk about. Um, I'm assuming one of them will talk about Juan Soto but if not then I'll just talk about it um well Tyler let's start with you um since you're normally our baseball guy but since you're hosting this week um yeah just what trade interest you you know thought I don't know made one team maybe one team fleeced another team maybe it was like an even one whichever one just tickled your tickled your taint you know <laughs> yeah uh I think I mentioned last week I was very curious to see <laughs> Tickle my chain. I don't know what that means, but uh, we're definitely gonna we're we're, we're gonna explore that. that. We're gonna explore that together. What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, MLB players wear chains a lot. I guess that's what kind of what you're going for. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I was saying last week I was very interested to see what the San Diego Padres were gonna do, and Dan, they did a lot. Uh, not surprised that they got Soto. I, I was kind of picking them to go there, but I think one of the most eyebrow raising ones was Josh Hader to the Padres. I think that one was very interesting uh, more for the Brewers perspective. Uh, Alex and I, you, like you, we kind of talked about it off in a, a text message afterwards. It was kind of weird. I think the pod, the Brewers, that was an interesting trade for them. I think they're, they're sitting in first place. That combination of uh, Hader Williams is probably the best in baseball. And when it comes to postseason, like having a back end of the bullpen is hugely important. Um, so not really sure why they gave up Hader other than the fact that we mentioned, maybe they didn't think they could sign him, but you think you might want to try and go for it. You know, I think given the situation that, that they're in, um, you know, certainly bolstered the, the, the Padres, uh, bullpen. I think the Padres addressed their needs. I think that, you know, they, they added a bullpen arm with Hader and they needed offense badly. And they did that obviously with, with, with Juan Soto, they added a uh, Brandon Drury, which I think is going to be a sneaky, good trade for them um so i think they did a phenomenal job i think it's going to be a great uh great race with them and i think the dodgers still are going to are going to win the division but i think come playoff time they're going to be they're going to be a really good team if they can especially if they can shore up that uh, starting pitching get a little healthier tatis still has not played a game this year which is crazy uh but he's going to come back at some point allegedly but i would say overall the padres you know, big moves and them really going for it, I think was the biggest move uh, or, the, or the biggest headline for me. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Padres got a bunch of big names. I, the Josh Hader one, um, you know, was probably one of those things where, you know, the Brewers are very analytically driven and for all we know, maybe they saw something and they were like, okay, the downfall's coming. Um, you know, we can trade him now for a lot more um, like because he's such a big name. 
but then they've already like DFA Denilson Lamette. So I don't really understand how any of that works. Who he was, he came back from the Padres to the Brewers. So um, I feel like let's focus on this Padres thing for just a second with Juan Soto. Obviously Tatis is coming back. Um, I mean, where will all, all you guys can answer this. I mean, where do you think this puts them in the odds of like a world series favorite contender? I mean, it kind of has felt like as the seasons played out so far, there was, I would say like three real threats to win the world series, Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, then kind of a second tier, um, you know, the Padres during that second tier. I mean, is this like they, you know, they didn't really figure out their starting pitching. It's still been kind of iffy. Obviously haters uh, shores up the back end of their bullpen, but does this vault the Padres? I mean, yeah, they're probably not going to win the division. They're like 12 back. That's a lot to make up in two months, but does this vault them into that top? Like now that's a tier of four, do you think as world series contenders, uh, James, start with you. I, I really think they are. That puts them right there. Um, the reason being, you talk about the the pitching and how they've been, it's been kind of iffy. But the last like two weeks, they've gone significantly better. And it's those same guys. They haven't brought anybody else new for starting pitching, but it's the same guys just cleaning everything up. Like I think there was like out of 12 games, there might have been like eight or nine quality starts out of those 12 games in the last two weeks. That tells you a lot about how this team is coming together at the right time and peaking at the right time to, in order to make that push to be a contender. They're not going to win the division. There's no way. You still got the Dodgers up there, but they'll be in the wild card. And with that wild card, they can just continue pushing on and being a contender. There's nobody saying they can't do that. And especially when you're swinging for the fence with Juan Soto and Josh Bell, you're sending a message that we're going for it and we're going to go for it now. And we're going to continue going for it for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, their pitching has definitely gotten better. Um, I mean, the three, a three headed, you know, kind of monster of Darvish Snell and Musgrove in the playoffs is, I mean, that's pretty legit. Darvish and Snell have been, I would say, okay. In their San Diego tenure, Joe Musgrove has kind of like saved that team a little bit. That guy's been a monster. He just got a huge extension. Um, so yeah, I mean, J yeah, James, they're obviously playing better. They're not going to win the division, but trade in kind of same question. Does that vault them into that top four, um, with those other kind of three big boys? Yeah, I, I think, I think they're, uh, they're, they're at least flirting with the, uh, with that spot for sure. Uh, the, the, the Padres have, you know, when, when healthy, you have, you know, one of the best third basemen in Manny Machado, uh, best shortstop in Tatis. Um, best outfielder in, in in Juan Soto and those guys can slug this team and and like James said you you shored up your your pitching I think this team is I don't think that they're quite to the tier of those other three uh, completely but I think that they are a hell of a lot better than they were um, you know just a couple of days ago or last week so um, and this is a team that ha has had a pretty decent season without their their best shortstop and now they're going to get have him back and they're going to have uh juan soto here i i i like this team going into playoffs they're not going to win the division james you're absolutely right um but they are going to be a contender uh and then tyler i mean i have a feeling you're kind of going to say the same thing um but maybe a, an actual different question now that i'm thinking about it is right now the padres are three and a half back of atlanta for the sec or the, the top wild card, um, which would then get them a home series in the first round. 
while the other, you know, probably whoever wins the East and the Dodgers are going to end up being the two teams that get a buy in the first round. Do you think the Padres will catch the Braves and or Mets, you know, probably like the loser of the NL East? I'm assuming, you know, the Phillies and the Central won't get there. But what do you think about that? I think my gut says no. I think that it's going to be a really close race, but I really like what both Atlanta and New York are doing. I think that the Padres still have a lot of ground to make up. I know three and a half doesn't sound like that much, but um, you know, we're, we're looking at two months to kind of make that up. It's certainly possible and they can go on a run, but I don't see New York or Atlanta really slowing down that much. I think it might come back and forth and there might be a, you know, a few days or even a week there, or maybe San Diego is on top uh, like a half a game or game. Um, but I just, I just feel like Atlanta and New York are, are at the end. I think they're just a little bit, I think they've given themselves enough wiggle room to kind of hold on that spot. Yeah. And don't forget the Mets just traded for Jacob DeGrom pretty much. They just yeah. got him back. He has not throwing 102 miles an hour. Yeah. He's throwing 102 already. And <laughs> stupid. how funny is it that in Jacob DeGrom's first start, he comes back to face the nationals the day they traded their two best hitters. So like, and then, the, and then the Mets lost anyway. So that's just baseball. I don't know how any of that works. Fucking but, Mets. Gotta love it. Um, okay. We're going to revert back to kind of the original question. Um, James, what trade kind of um, spoke to you a little bit, um, you know, positive or negative? I'm going to kind of twist that question a little bit. And I want to talk about the trade that didn't happen. Ooh, okay. That didn't happen. Chicago Cubs. A couple weeks ago, I talked a lot about Wilson Contreras and how I was really interested to see where he was going to go because he's obviously the best hitter for catchers out there. And he's going to, he's really good behind the plate. Like, and Ian Happ, he is an all-star. Like these two players should have gone somewhere for a Cubs team. That is the fifth worst in baseball in terms of wood percentage. They're bad. They're not going anywhere this year. Contreras is out of control for this year. So, or Ian Happ is not, but I mean, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to be winning anytime soon. They got to start rebuilding. Yet you still hold on to these two players that you could have moved on a big trading day like this, this trade deadline was one of the biggest I've seen in terms of deals and how many people, what people got, what the sellers got in return. They could have gotten a huge haul in terms of just prospects to shore up their, the farm system. Yet they did not. They kept those two, they kept those two players who thought they were going to be leaving for the last two weeks. They said their goodbyes. They had all the emotional stuff. They were set in stone on leaving yet. They stayed. Why? Why did Chicago do that? And why did they screw them, their future for another two months of Wilson Contreras? Yeah, Cubbies, what are you doing? Yeah, obviously, you know, there's a big viral video going around of Contreras and Hap having like a really kind of, you know, nice hug in the dugout on their what they both thought was their last home game at Wrigley. Well, they're still there. So now that hug is just two dudes, you know, getting after it in the dugout, but like whatever. Uh, yeah, James, I don't, Cubbies, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if just the, you know, packages that were getting sent to you for those guys were not worth it, but you know, Hap was an all-star Contreras was an all-star. You'd think you'd get a lot for those guys. So yeah, Cubbies, what are you doing? Uh, trade in same, same kind of question. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, I, I, I spun it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to look at teams, especially teams that I had talked about going into the trade deadline last week was the last week that we talked about it. Um, specifically a team that everybody hates and that I am just kind of indifferent about, but I talked about them. 
um, and a team that everybody really wants to, to do well. Um, and I kind of see him as a winner and loser type of thing here. Uh, I look at the Astros. I looked at the Astros. I know that we don't want to talk about the fucking Astros, but look, I talked about the Astros and that they needed to, to acquire um, a catcher. They, they, they addressed that issue um, in Christian Vasquez. Um, and they, they also, they also shored up. Um, they got uh, Trey Mancini at first base. They got, uh, and, and or designated hitter, however you want, uh, however you want to do it. Uh, and then Will Smith as a lefty reliever on the, in the bullpen to just shore that up. I said, and so to me, this team is better than they were 48, 48 hours ago. And to me, this team, this team, I already said that they were the, the team to beat in the AL. I, I am doubling down on that. Um, I know the Yankees did, did some work too, but to me, the Ast- the Astros have um, the Yankees number and, and getting and addressing their primary needs and without giving up very much, they had a killer trade deadline. And um, as much as we fucking hate them, um, they, they are a team to beat um, and they are the team to beat in the AL. I would not be surprised if they make it to the uh, world series this year. On the other hand, I expected the Mets because they haven't fucked it up yet, guys. They still haven't fucked it up yet. I thought that they were going to go all in and they didn't, they kind of just, I mean, it's not that it's not that they didn't, uh, they made some good additions. They didn't, they, they you know, it, it was fine. It's just like when you have this season that you haven't screwed up, that you have deep pockets, you have money, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And you just, eh, you just, just don't get there. I, it just, it just left a little bit to be desired from a, from a guy like me who I just like to, I like, I like cheer for teams that, you know, are kind of been kind of out of it uh you know for a while and that maybe get a, get the short end of the stick in terms of um you know discussions or or you know being shit on or whatever um the Mets are that team for me and I just I just feel like they're I mean they're on pace for one of their best seasons in history so and what would you want them to do like they're a pretty complete team what would you they, want them to get they should have I, I think that I think that Wilson Contreras could have been moved if you could if you could have gave him enough you go all in. You give. You get. You have to give up something. You got to give it to them. The Cubs didn't did, didn't trade him for some reason. I mean, it, they clearly did not get what they wanted for him. I mean, it's it's crazy, but I mean, there's there's a trades can be done, and I just figure that they could have done a little bit more. Um, yeah, that's just that's just my personal opinion. I just was I I just want to see the Mets succeed, and when I just see a little bit of a eh in terms of a trade deadline, I just you know. Damn it. Come on, guys. Yeah, um, I I agree with you on the Astros thing. I actually do think they're the team to beat um, in the American League. Um, the Yankees, you know, health is always going to be a thing with them. Um, but, yeah, they made big moves. Andrew Benintendi, um, Frankie Montas, the reliever from the Cubs, who I cannot recall his name right now. I think Frankie Montas is a little overrated personally. Um, and now he goes from pitching in Oakland with all that foul ground that really helps your ERA to pitching at the stadium with the short porch. So that's pretty brutal. Um, I think the Mets, I, I think the Mets are very similar to the Dodgers where you kind of expected them to do more, but also like you just got Jacob DeGrom back the best, best player in baseball or the best pitcher in baseball. And now you got DeGrom Scherzer and Bassett as a top three. That's pretty big. Um, I think if Mets fans, you could have used a left-handed reliever, especially knowing you're probably meeting either Freddie Freeman or Juan Soto in a playoff series. Um, and, you know, that could be pretty helpful. Um, I think three teams that I don't know what you're doing, the Red Sox, the Giants, and the Rockies. The Rockies didn't even make a trade. They're 20 bajillion 
games out of the division. They're like 15 out of the wild card. Rockies, what are you doing? Um, the Giants and the Sox kind of sold and then kind of bought um, that Christian Vasquez trade that Traden was talking about. They were in Houston and they he had taken batting practice with the Red Sox and then got traded to the Astros and literally just walked across the stadium and they'd already gone through hitter meetings. So like he could just walk over and be like, hey, Houston, this is what Boston is planning to do to all of your hitters now that I'm on your team. I think that's so funny. You think he actually did that? I would. Why I not? Would. Yeah. Just yeah. Traded you away. It'll be like, yeah. hey, so uh, Altuve, they're going to throw you up and in and then throw sliders down and away. So just like don't swing the slide. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Also, he's a catcher. So like he's gone through all of that already, like that morning. So that is interesting. Um, I do think we need to, we'll, we'll have the boys talk about their favorite team. So um, Tyler, obviously the Dodgers did not do a whole bunch. Um, they traded for Chris Martin, a um, reliever from the Cubs, um, who funny enough was the reliever that Cody Bellinger hit the um, game leading home run off of in the NLCS against the Braves. So like, that's probably an awkward uh, first meeting, I guess. Um, and they also kind of weirdly traded for Joey Gallo from the Yankees. Um, so Tyler, just what are your thoughts on the Dodgers, I guess, inactiveness, um, and, you know, how close do you think they got to Soto? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they're always alleged to be in that Soto there. I was in the top three. Um, I was kind of, I don't know. I, I was okay with the Dodgers being a little more passive this year. There wasn't really any glaring need that they needed to do. I think their team is pretty solid all, all the way through. You also have to think about with starting pitching, they're going to get Walker Bueller back at some point. Dustin May is looking like he's going to be on track to return at some point. Um, I think may will probably be more of a bullpen piece, but still that's going to be nasty coming in the bullpen, which kind of helps their bullpen, which I think is probably their weakest link. They, they got Chris Martin, which is an okay trade. I think it just adds some depth. I think their bullpen will be a little bit of a concern, but not to the point where I'm like freaking out about it. And the Joey Gallo one, I think that's like kind of a low risk, high reward kind of trade. I don't think they really gave up a whole bunch. I think, you know, if the Dodgers can figure out something with his swing, I think that's a, a very big bat in the, in the postseason that you can have that maybe comes as a pinch hitter and could do some damage. Um, so I don't, I like that trade. Um, like I said, I'm not expecting a whole lot, but I don't think the Dodgers are either. I think I said, I think he's going to be kind of an experiment to see like, Hey man, like this guy has obviously got a ton of pop. Uh, he's got potential to be a huge bat come, come in the come postseason time. Let's see if we can figure something out. And if not, they still have, you know, a bunch of other guys that can get the job done. So I, I kind of like that trade. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with Dodgers being too passive. Um, it would have been fun to see Soto in that lineup for sure, but it was not something I was like, I don't really want them to give up their whole farm system. Like I said, they're, I mean, the, the two prospects they brought up recently, uh, James Outman and Miguel Vargas have both made huge impacts already. I think that's one of the, the, the Dodgers strengths is having a really good farm system, both for trade reasons, but also to make big league impacts. So I was I was pretty okay and pretty happy with what the with the with the with with what the Dodgers did. Yeah, I mean, and don't forget they're also getting Blake Trinan and Rustal Gratterall back, yeah. and like those are two guys that I don't understand how anyone ever gets a hit off of them. So like, yeah, yeah, they've got they've got enough collective talent coming back to really like outweigh what they didn't do, I guess. Um, yeah, and you know what, the Dodgers are really well known for trading for or signing reclamation projects, and then them turning back into all stars. So, yep. who knows? Maybe Joey Galli will just Joey Gallo will hit twenty home runs in this in these next yeah. two months. Like he can definitely do it. 
Uh, James, moving down south into Orange County, your Los Angeles Angels uh, traded away Noah Syndergaard, Race Hall, Iglesias, and Brandon Marsh. Um, there was a lot of rumors, and it you know didn't end up happening that Otani could have also been traded. Um, I don't know. What do you think about just the direction of the Angels and what they're doing right now? I hated the Brandon Marsh trade. This dude is 23 years old, has a lot of potential, and you've had he's been under your control for like two years in the major leagues, and you're giving up on him this soon. Like he was supposed to be the corners, like he was supposed to, it was supposed to be Trout, Adele, and Marsh. Adele sucks ass. Adele's <laughs> fucking terrible. Oh, Why bad. he should have been it sucks because he should have been traded. But his his value has shot downwards so far in the last year and a half because of how awful he is that you can't trade him for shit anymore. Uh, Brandon Marsh, great defensive outfielder, was getting a, he has a high strikeout rate, but that's okay. It was you can fix a high strikeout rate, but it's really hard to can, like make somebody commit defensively because Joe Adele can't fucking do it. Joe Adele is a liability out there. I hate that guy. I wish he was traded, not Brandon Marsh. Um, the Syndergaard trade, I, I hear. Like, that makes sense. You're not going to make the playoffs. Get rid of somebody who was a rental. Cool. Didn't like the Rysel Iglesias thing either because if you plan to be somewhat a contender or to be a team that fights and, you know, has the potential to win every other game, it's tough to get rid of a closer who uh, throws – 95 with movement like you you don't see those guys often and he was on the books for 10 mil this year he was on the books for 16 mil the next three years but for a closer in mlb that has that much skill and talent you want somebody at that price point that is a decent price point in my opinion for somebody of that quality and that caliber and to get rid of him like that i hated that um in terms of Shohei, he wants to play for a winner unfortunately the angels cannot provide that but the thing is, the Angels can't let him walk. There's no way. Like they, he is the one of the top three best players in MLB right now. Uh, he's a just straight up marketing magician. Like any team that has Shohei on it will get the eyes of Japan. Everybody who is a just a amateur baseball fan or just watching here or there because he's going to be on Sports Center a lot, top ten a lot, breaking records at have been in place since 1920. Like this dude is the reason why people come to angels games still. Cause right now nobody should be going to angels games, man. I'm an angels fan and they are just atrocious on so many levels. We used to get fans out there cause Shohei is hitting every day and he's pitching every sixth day. So whatever team has Shohei, you're going to get fans of, and you're going to get a lot of marketing. You're going you're to have to sell out a mega million, like a trout size number um, to him. And the Angels can't really afford that, but they're going to have to do it. There's no other way around it. Will that screw the Angels for the rest of their franchise? Absolutely, will. But at this point, there's nothing else you can do. You can't let Shohei walk. you got to sign him no matter what. Trading, you're nodding your head a lot. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead. The Los Angeles Angels. Jesus Christ. Um, trading Brandon Marsh, who James, if I'm not mistaken, was in the lineup. He's, he's a starter, dude. He's, he's a starter for yeah. a different for a catcher prospect who just got demoted to the minors, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, he's a double A guy already. He's always been double A. Oh, he's okay. actually quite good. He's uh, number 87 on the pipeline for top for 100. sure. Not a starter right away. No, absolutely giving not. away a starter that is 
a little bit older. You're like, gonna wait two to three years until he's a starter. Just unfucking believable. Like that that trade's fucking ridiculous. No Syndergaard, fine, whatever. I am going to go apoplectic if Big fucking word. if if fucking Shohei Otani signs with any other team than the Los Angeles Angels. I am going to go apoplectic. I will never support this team, and there's a reason why. They had an opportunity to get a fucking king's ransom for Shohei Otani. They could have, they could have, they could have done anything they wanted with him. They could have got more than what Juan Soto got easily, and they didn't. Now you, just like James said, you have to sign him now because if you don't, then you look fucking ridiculously stupid. You're sitting there with your thumb up your ass with your pants on the ground on the, in the middle of the field. And you look like the biggest laughing stock in the MLB more than you already are. It was, it's an absolute disgrace that they didn't sign him unless they plan on, unless or I'm sorry that they didn't trade him unless they plan on signing him. And we have what five months to figure that out. No, he's, he's another year. So 16 months. Yeah. They got a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, they have a year and a half. Okay. There you go. I, I thought he was a UFA after this year. No, next year. Okay, so they're they're planning on I guess they're planning on having a great season next year, which I don't fucking see it. Um, sorry, I mean I know that we we get so fucking excited um, come January for for Angels baseball because oh it's going to be different this year. It's not. It's fucking not. They should have fucking traded him, especially because he was probably worth more than he's going to be next year if if you're shit because he still has a fucking year on his contract. I didn't even know that. That even makes it even worse. Just. It, I don't even know, guys. It's just, it's just, they had an opportunity to set this team up and really rebuild this team because obviously it needs to be rebuilt. You can't, you can't trade Trout, which is probably, you know, and he's, he, and he has an injury now that is, we don't know what the fuck's up with that. Uh, Rendon's over the worst signing since Albert Pools. I, I just, I just don't know what to fucking think, man. Like, I, I, I can't believe that they let him, that they didn't trade him because. He would, he is worth, he, he, his marketing alone, James, is worth a shit ton. Alone is worth a shit ton. It's just fucking unbelievable. It's, just, it's all, I don't even know. It's all I have to say. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, even if they decide to trade Shohei, like say they're in the same position and they're pretty much out of it by July. If they trade Shohei th- at this time next year, they're losing value because if they traded him this year, they could have gotten what would be equivalent of Shohei for two playoff runs, which yeah. is ex- like so much more. And obviously with Shohei, like I can't remember who, what I was listening to, but someone kind of did it as like, look, you're getting Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, like the Dodgers did last year, but in one player, yes. like you're getting that guy, but one player you, yeah. And way younger. And younger, yeah. Like, it's only on the books for $5 million. Yeah, and you are you guys nailed it with the marketing thing. I mean, the Japanese money alone that comes in is incredible. I mean, um, like, James, cover your ears, but, like, if you went to Seattle, that Japanese market would be insane oh, for yeah. them. Oh, um, fucking A, it would be. Yeah, they I, – I mean, that's an incredibly tough decision, though, because obviously, like, how do you trade, like – not even a generational talent, like an all time. We've never seen this before type of talent. So, and I, you know, what's going to happen really hard. I, I, I just have this weird fucking feeling. He, I know 
I bet he likes it down here in, in Southern California. He, he's going to fucking find a way in a couple of years to be on the fucking Dodgers. And I am going to be, I, 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 I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> especially, especially because we didn't get anything back. I mean, yeah. they, the Angels will not will never trade him to the Dodgers. No, because um, they'll they can't. Like you can't trade no. Shohei to your crosstown rivals. But if anyone is if anyone's going to save up a year and a half from now for a free agent of that's Shohei Otani, you're looking at the Dodgers and the Yankees. So. <laughs> okay. um, Going back, so the Syndergaard thing, yeah, he that's a good they if they had kept him, I would have been like Angels, what are you doing? Iglesias is pretty tough. Marsh doesn't make any sense. Thank you. Especially with Trout's injury now. Like, wouldn't you want that guy to be your kind of backup center fielder? Like, if this Trout really like that catching prospect. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Well, to me, like the Angels farm system is trash. And outside of Max Stassi and Kirk Suzuki, you got nobody else. So I mean. That makes sense, but don't trade away Bandon Marsh, man. Pick somebody else. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, hindsight, they should have traded Joe Adele for somebody else like a year and a half ago. The dirt under the cleats of half the players on the fucking team, man. They're not worth anything. Maybe you just play him and fucking hope he figures it out, but um, (laughs) shit. I think that's it. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see, you know, at the end of the season, which one of these trades went well for some. Um, I hope the Luis Castillo one of the Mariners goes well because I really hope they make the playoffs just because it's been so long. Um, obviously, James loves Seattle and everything about it. Uh, Tyler, I think that is it for the trade deadline. I'm sure we can continue talking about this for another like four hours, but yeah, we love it. We love the trade deadline. Uh, players moving like crazy. It's always really interesting to see how these trades are going to work out. But yeah, we're coming down the last two months of the regular season. It's going to get real interesting. Uh, the playoff field is starting to really kind of take shape. I think we're kind of starting to separate the contenders from the pretenders. Uh, so it's going to be fun, guys. So uh, thanks, Alex, for taking us through all that trade deadline chaos. And that's going to wrap up uh, episode 109 of TLDR Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed everything. Hopefully you guys got a few more breakfast ideas to, to choose from. Hopefully you guys have a new uh, contender for the AFC West and all that good stuff. So uh, thanks again for listening as, as we always appreciate the shares, the likes, the comments, uh, it helps us a ton. Uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll see you all again next week for episode 110.